0: fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are discover your next adventure on fishing booker
1: welcome back to another episode of chasing Tales outdoor i am bringing you this one at 65 miles per hour on highway 400 (laughs) we are uh we're doing this one mobile in the most mobile of sense, Chase. <laughs> I am on my way to, to North Georgia, and uh, we thought it'd be a great time since it's a seven-hour drive for me to carve out some time and do a podcast, just you and I, like we did, you know, we did that for a fair little bit there, and we haven't done one in a while, so I am your host, Walt, and uh, I am joined by Chase, and the chance that this is the first time you're listening from the other side of the state of, of, of Florida. And uh, we bring you tips, tricks, tales from all over the, the country, the South, Midwest, everywhere, and and hopes it inspires you to get outside and enjoy the great outdoors in whatever way that benefits you most. And uh, today we're gonna be talking about our season expectations, what we uh, kinda hope to achieve this year, given that deer season is right at six weeks away, which is pretty freaking sweet.
2: Yes, it is, man. It it is getting closer and closer. Um, You thought you felt fall in the air the other day. I have not (laughs) even come close to feeling that. (laughs) I normally feel it. It seems like about two weeks before the season. Like, there'll be like a little something different in the air about two weeks before the season. But I think that's just to trick us. Like, it'll be like a two- or three-day window if you're like, man, fall's coming. And then all of a sudden, it'll just go back to being like 95, 98 degrees uh, every day. For uh, three months, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) but I always tell my buddy that I'm like there because we every year we kind of do that. It's like, man, I think it's going to be a nice fall. It's going to be a great fall, and I keep telling us like, hey, this (laughs) happens every year. We always get fooled by like this little two or three day front that comes in uh, right a couple of weeks before the season, and then I think last year they're like, yep, here it is. Here's our little two or three day front that's coming in. Um, So. Uh, but yeah yeah man I'm I'm getting super excited and uh, looking forward to uh, this season for sure
1: yeah yeah it's this season has a lot of exciting components and I think if you and I weren't careful we could go on for way longer than we would want to or any of the listeners (laughs) would want us to with this but this is going to be a big year for both you and I and I think the the first first like most sudden change is that my season for the first time is going to start uh, a week before yours does.
2: Right. Yep. Technically speaking, but it's not going to start in the state of Florida before mine, (laughs) but you're, you're going to, you're going to be looking at a Georgia some this year, South Georgia. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, how do you, know, we kind of talked about this before the podcast. We've, we've got our kind of our goals and our expectations, why don't we, before we go into what what we hope to achieve this year, why don't we just kind of set the table for what we're doing differently this year, where we're going, and that'll kind of frame the discussion for what we hope to, to accomplish this year. What do you think about that idea?
2: Yeah, man, that sounds great.
1: Okay, so you have the most exciting season so we're going to save you for last because no one's going to even tune in after they hear what you're doing. They're just going to fast forward to your predictions part. But, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I have felt like I've put a lot of time into Florida, and since my Colorado elk trip is has been canceled this year due to a variety of circumstances, I'm taking that time early season and I'm buying a nor- – a, uh, not North Georgia, but a, a, a Georgia non-resident tag, which is perhaps the most expensive – tag in all of the southeast I'm told and uh, I'm going to be hunting some WMAs that are close to the house that produce a lot of really good deer you know when I say close I mean two and a half to three hours from Tallahassee which you know that's plenty that's plenty close enough to knock off after work and have your stuff in the in the truck and drive up there for our weekend hunt and uh, you know, I. I feel like it's kind of time to start branching out. It, I feel like I have acquired a skill set that, you know, even though it hasn't produced monstrous deer on Florida Public, that if I started applying it to other places that have quality habitat and maybe a potential for bigger deer, that, you know, or more deer for that matter, that it would start to pay off. And we're going to test that theory this year.
2: Yeah. I mean, you always hear the same, like, deer are going to do deer things. So. Yeah, the landscape might be a little bit different, but they're still going to do a lot of those core things that they do everywhere. Like we know they're creatures of edge. They, they like right. to hang out in edge. They like uh, different, uh, they like variety. So uh, those are just some of the things that I think if you apply that anywhere, I think you're going to be successful.
1: For sure, for sure. And, you know, it's it, the Southwest Georgia area, is still dealing with a large amount of hurricane damage from Hurricane Michael. Um, a lot of these WMAs got rocked, but the cool thing is, is, is it's created an abnormal amount of browse for these deer and in areas where you know it was maybe all just grass, now there are, are entire areas where you know, a dozen or more trees got knocked down and you've got these these pockets that look like they could be used for bedding. I'm really excited. I, I think that this is going to, you know, it adds a month uh, to my deer season at a minimum, just from the fact that, you know, my season starts normally the third week of, of October in zone D of Florida. Now it starts September 12th, which is just, you know, I'm going to be out there in the peak of the heat right there along with you. So I'm excited to, to go out of state and I drew some really quality, quota permits that i'm excited about some of which um, i've talked on the podcast a couple times now about how i on trail camera managed to get some some really nice deer on camera that happened at these wmas so i mean my season is going to be you know limited to maybe two three hours from the house most likely but those deer show up on camera for all intents and purposes this could be a very very fun season
2: yeah it could be i mean it's good that you've had those cameras out in those places and you kind of got some historical data. I mean, that's really important as far as being able to get on deer. So now that you have that information, you'll be able to use that uh, information to your advantage this season, where as in the past, you haven't had that. Right. Um, Right. You've kind of been always kind of behind the eight ball. It seems Uh, And that happens anytime you get on new properties, whatever it is, it takes time to figure it out. Even the best of the best hunters will tell you that. I mean, a lot of guys, they, like I said, they use, when you hear a a lot of these top notch uh, guys uh, on podcast or whatever platform you listen to, they, when they go to somewhere new, they don't just dive in and hunt. Like if they've got a five day hunt, they, a lot of times they spend one or two days just scouting like looking out from afar, uh, glassing, uh, just getting to know the property. I think that now that you've had that chance on some of these places, I think that's going to play in and you're going to have a lot better chance of being successful or not necessarily being successful, but I think you'll have more encounters uh, than you have been having.
1: Uh, And and everybody knows as transparent as I am, that's success to me. I mean, right. Two years ago, I dive heavily into public land. I struggle incredibly so until the very end of the season. Last year, I had a very up and down season, but it was more consistent throughout the year. Um, You know, if every year I can improve like that, especially in a place like Florida, eventually I'm going to start to figure these areas out. Like you said, it takes time. And then that's when things are really going to get fun. That's when things are going to get exciting. And uh, we'll, we'll get into the goals that I've got, you know, going into year three of public land here. Um, but let's kind of talk about your season. What's on the docket for you?
2: Well, there's a, a, going to be several new things on the docket for me. Uh, a lot of the same old, same old will also be <laughs> on the docket. <laughs> uh, as we've kind of forecasted here on the podcast, that I'm going to be carrying a camera with me a lot this next season. Uh, so that's going to be a big change for me. Uh, it's not – and then last season it kind of – you were kind of – egging me to get a camera. Hey man, film some of your stuff. You have a lot of cool encounters. And like I said, I hunt a lot of private, uh, I hunt public. Um, so I, I obviously I'm going to have more encounters, uh, to be able to film, but it's going to be a challenge for me for sure, because I've never done it. So I can, I look back at last season and go, Hey, I could have filmed uh, all four of my deer kills. Like, it just sure. kind of worked out that way. Like, all four of them I could have caught on film, where some years things happen so fast, you're like, there's no way I would have gotten any of that on film and got the deer at the same time. Right. So, I, I hope that I'll be able to uh, get some quality footage. I mean, that's my main thing. I, I don't necessarily have to go out and just slay it this season, uh, especially carrying the camera. Uh, I'd like to get some good quality footage out there. and. Maybe kind of give people an idea of how I hunt. Um, I think that would be kind of cool. If I can get us some content for the YouTube channel and teach some people some things through me filming, that will probably be the best bonus, in my opinion. If I get a buck on camera or does on camera, that'll that'll just be some icing on the cake. Right. Uh, and I don't... And that's probably one of the things that I've got going on the most in my mind is that I'm taking a camera this year <laughs> right and maybe I don't really want that to be pressure for me I think some people may have like these super high expectations for me and i I have
1: I've probably contributed to that a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah you probably have
2: um I mean last season was a phenomenal season like it it was a great season uh. And I've had a season or two like that before, but it's not like that just every season for me. It's sure. not like I'm going out and just slaying deer uh, every season, or qual- real quality deer every season. Um, it almost seems like it kind of runs in a pattern. Like every third year, I'll have like right. a, what I would right. call like a banner year. Um, I'm still able to get on deer. I still kill deer, but maybe it's just not like the quality that people think I should be <laughs> should be taking. But hey, I mean, some years, it's just, like I said, it's it's rough as in yeah. where you're just not getting the encounters that you think you should be getting, even though you're putting in all the time and effort and everything else. And that it just that's just how it works out sometimes because they're deer. I mean, they're animals. Yeah. They can do whatever they want. And you thinking that you're – and me thinking that I know it all or anything like that is far from the truth because I definitely uh, don't know it all. But I've got – I don't really have any, I didn't get any of the quota hunts that I put in for. So, but I am going to be hunting management area land down here and I'm going to be going up and hunting management area land with you uh, right. in December slash January time this season. So I always look forward to that time because I get to meet up with you, get to hunt with you, which is always awesome. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, And I'm looking forward to the the management areas around here. Um, I've got a good buddy of mine. I'm going to be hunting some of the management areas with him. So that's going to be fun. Uh, I haven't, I've hunted one of the management areas, but it's been, man, it's been like 10 years since I hunted it. And I've been uh, scouting it here recently, and it's changed a lot (laughs) since the last time (laughs) I hunted it. So I'm like, man, I'm really going to have to do my homework on this property uh, to be able to try to find, and there are quality bucks there. Um, I, I've seen real quality bucks come out of that management area. So I think I'm going to have to do my homework there. My expectations aren't super high for there, um, just because, like I said, it's, it's basically a new property to me. Um, I'm going to be trying to learn it, try to figure out what the, the deer patterns are there uh, to maybe set myself up for success, not necessarily this year, but maybe next year or the year after that. Uh, and on my private properties, I've got goals uh, on there as well. Um, I've always got some deer that I'm going to be after on the private properties. But one of, like you mentioned, I have a place that I'm going this year that's going to be a huge highlight. And that's, I'm going out to Iowa uh, in November. It's going to be a rut hunt uh, with a buddy of mine. So, I I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, all the, all the stories that you hear of Iowa and everything. Uh, if it's even half as good as <laughs> the yeah. stories I've heard, it's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> um, so that, that's going to be fun going out to Iowa. There's a chance if, I think we've got about 10 days blocked off for the Iowa hunt. If we tag out early where there's a chance that we could stop back in Missouri, uh, on the way right. back, uh, cause that's over the counter. Uh, the Iowa tags, of course, I've been putting in for the last four years, and this is like year five that I've drawn the tag. Uh, so it takes a while, uh, especially for the zone that I'm going to. And uh, so, yeah, I'm hoping that me and my buddy you both tag out early and we can uh, go hunt Missouri for a few days. That's what, uh, that's what my season's going to entail. Some filming, some out-of-state hunts, and uh, getting to know some new areas around here and hopefully uh, hunting with you late
1: season. You know, I'm glad you brought up the late season thing because I completely forgot about that. Not like personally, but for the, for the purposes of this conversation, I blanked on it because that's actually one of the highlights of my year. One of the things I love most about hunting is sharing that experience with people. And I think that kind of comes through with my passion for filming. I've always wanted to have a camera in the stand with me because I see, we all do. If you spend enough time in the woods, you just see a lot of really cool stuff. Whether it's you know just an animal you don't normally encounter at close range, or it's some you know abnormal animal back uh, bacteria, wow, uh, that's that's the one downside, guys, to doing this while you're on the road because I just saw a doctor's office thing and it caught my eye. But whether it's a, a an animal you don't normally see up close, or it's it's a you know an animal behavior that you don't normally see, you get to document that and share it with other people. And honestly, on top of that. This summer has seemed to take on go on forever. I don't know about you guys, but twenty twenty has just been a very, very long year for me. And I'm spending a lot of my time going back and watching some of those videos and seeing little things that happened and you know appreciating the season change throughout the videos and how that shows up. So, you know, Hanging out with you late season, which happens to be a rut time period, I, I think that's going to be fun. We've gotten a lot of really good tips on, on where to go in that time period to really optimize it. And, man, I kind of kind of think that we're going to have a, a, a pretty good time while we're doing it, while, while we're hanging out. And still, you know, I, I'm convinced one of us is probably going to get a crack at a deer while we're doing it. Just on the base of knowledge of information we've been provided and, uh, you know all the scouting I'm doing, I think late season's going to be a, a, a good time.
2: Yeah. I think it's going to be a good time too. Uh, I plan on getting up to those areas kind of throughout the season a couple of times yeah. just yeah. for, I've got to get up there and scout them. And I really just don't for, as far as like big Florida public land, I really right. just don't like showing up and trying to hunt no. for the most part. Um, no. it's, it's just, it's really difficult. So I really need to get some, uh, at least some boots on the ground, at least yep. once, hopefully a couple of times in these areas. Cause like I said, we've gotten just, it's not, we haven't been given spots or anything. We've just gotten good Intel of some management right. areas that we should check out. Yep. And, uh, we, and we've seen some trail cam picks. So that, that yeah, always helps yeah. when they show some trail cam <laughs> yeah. picks yeah. uh, of the deer there. But I, I just, I've got to get, I, I need to get there and scout some and yeah. maybe put some cameras out and let them soak for a while so I can get there and I think that kind of plays into the confidence thing and going to a hunt as right, well Right. Uh, that we talk about a lot. So uh, I'm looking forward to that and hopefully you and I can get up together and go scout those areas uh, at least a couple of months before we're due to hunt there. I think that would be a real cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And And I think what I'm, my goal in all of that is when you get up here, because, you know, whether you have an off season or not, you're, a much more accomplished hunter than I am. My hope is to just, you know, I'm gonna be going out there by myself and I'm gonna be running cameras out there by myself. And my hope is to kind of eliminate some of the spots that may look good on a map or, you know, could hold deer prior to you coming up. And then you and I, with two sets of eyes and a better understanding of that area, can start going into these areas and be really like, invest time in high quality, high chance areas when we do our scouting together. And then hopefully come January, you know, early January, late December, you know, you and I can put all those pieces together because if we could extend our season into January, uh, you know, and it'd be, you know, worth your your gas driving all the way up here, then, dude, I mean, that's that's a whole month that most people don't even get. Or if they do, it's, you know, freezing their butt off in a box blind watching a, a, a bean field under ice, you know. <laughs> right, right.
2: Yeah, I, I always – I've always wanted to be able to go in January and kind of chase the rut in certain places. I know Alabama is like one of those big states where they've got a lot of rut activity. Uh, But why go to Alabama when I can stay in Florida?
1: Right. (laughs) And there are some good deer,
2: and there's good deer up there for the state of Florida. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I think one of the things that would kind of help is we could, we'll be able to see where the pressure's already been on them places. Yep. As well, so I think that'll help with the scouting to kind of go. Okay, yeah, this is where uh, some of the they've already had pressure, and maybe we need to go to some of those overlooked areas as well. Yep,
1: yep, for sure. So let's uh, let's dive kind of into our, our expectations or hopes or, or or what our goals are this coming. That's probably what we need to say, or what our goals are for this year because. With everything that we've got going on, it'd be very easy to get wrapped up in uh, lofty expectations and uh, maybe undershoot uh, just by virtue of getting excited for the year. I'm curious what your goals are with with the self-filming and going out to one or two Midwest states and coming up here and just hunting your own public that, and, and, and private that you've got there. What, what are you trying to accomplish this year going into fall 2020? Well, like you mentioned, uh,
2: the filming, obviously that's gonna be something new for me. So uh, I'm gonna try my best uh, to learn as much as I can while I'm out there. Cause I mean, it's gonna be a process uh, for sure. Probably I'm not necessarily the most, uh, I don't know, person that likes to talk a bunch. So (laughs) I, I feel like I'm gonna really have to work on that. Uh, with with the filming just kind of like maybe explaining things or just not assuming that people know certain things sure. uh, on camera but I, obviously I'm taking this camera out so obviously I want to get uh, just some good footage of deer doing deer things obviously uh, I think it's just going to be an added bonus if I can get kills on camera I, I think it's possible Uh, I think it's a challenge for Florida. Uh, Like I said, like I mentioned earlier, I've always thought it was going to be a challenge for Florida. Now that it seems like there's getting to be more and more guys that are filming for Florida, but a lot of the times you don't see the kill shots on those hunts. Like it's, they're filming their experience and their hunt, but there's quite a few uh, videos out there where you like, they didn't get the kill shot on camera or anything like that, which doesn't, I mean, to me that this just, they're showing their experience and they have the deer. Uh, to show it. But I mean, I'd like to get that. I'd like to at least hopefully get one of those on camera this season. I think that'd be cool. Um, I, I'm not only filming for just say the YouTube channel or for people to watch. I mean, I'm filming for myself. So right. I'd like to be able to go back and, and watch those things. And I think it's going to be, it's going to help with the overall learning process for hunting. I mean, we've talked about this before with the, the filming Uh, When you're doing it in live time and you're not filming and you shoot and the, I mean, it all happens so fast. Deer runs off, You go find the deer and you're like, man, that shot is like six, seven inches higher than I was aiming at. What happened? Did I mess up or did the deer duck uh, during the shot or anything like that? And I think that you can go back and look at those films and go, oh shoot, that deer ducked, whatever, six inches on that shot. So I think there's a lot that can be learned from filming um, as well. And, sure. and, and I think it helps. Like it's say, like if you got something that you're questionable about, you can go back and look at the footage and go, Oh man, maybe I should, uh, hold off going and looking for that deer for a while because it looked like the shot is high or a lot higher right. than I thought it was. So I'm looking forward to all those, uh, aspects, but like I said, I'd like to get, uh, one, uh, at least one good film out there for everybody. Um, obviously in Florida we get five tags, so, I mean, the chances are better because if you mess up on one, you've still got four more <laughs> that you could right. hopefully uh, <laughs> get right if everything works out, obviously. I may practice on some dough. I mean, we get two doe tags during archery yeah. season, so that may be my chance is just to practice on a, a couple of does. Uh, during archery season kind of get in a groove on uh, how everything needs to flow when when the old big boy does step out uh, this season that's one of my goals as far as going out to the midwest man I'm going out there just to have a real good time I mean it's a new experience for me it's property that I, I've never touched uh, before I mean obviously I would love to go out and kill a deer in Iowa I mean it took me five years <laughs> to to be able to get out there <laughs> So, obviously, I'd I love to take a deer out there, but I, I'm not going to have this goal as like, all right, I'm going to shoot a, a booner out in Iowa or, yeah. or anything like that. Uh, I'd like to just shoot a good representation for that area. If I get to stop in Missouri, uh, that's just going to be a bonus. So, I don't really have any goals there other than to – it'll just be a new state, a new experience for me. Sure. And as far as Florida goals this year – as deer, I mean, obviously I'd like to take a good quality buck on the public land I'm going to be hunting down here. Um, that would be uh, awesome. But I mean, if I don't, I don't. It, it just a goal of that is just to be able to learn some of those areas. And if I get on a, a good buck, it's going to be a bonus. And for my private properties, I mean, who knows? I, I'll i know more during the season for there on what's what's <laughs> yeah. what showed up. But what I'm catching on camera, I mean, I've got a good buck on camera now, but we all know during the summer things change, deer shift uh, patterns. Um, You'll have deer that are on your property during the summer, they'll move out, and then you'll have new deer from other properties move in. Uh, I never really know what's going on there for the most part until the the season gets to uh, kicking off. But there is one deer, oh, actually, there's two deer that. There's one deer that I I met up with last year. Oh, man, that still pains me. Uh, (laughs) Still burned in my mind, that whole experience. But uh, if he's still around, and then there's another deer that's... uh, He's at least going to be six and a half years old uh, this season. So um, he's not the biggest rack deer. He's always been around that 105-inch mark, maybe. Between 105 and 110 over the last three seasons. Um, But he has some... Last year he busted off half of his rack, so I didn't even worry about him when I actually caught him on camera. But um, I'd love to take him because I know this is like a super mature deer. <laughs> and I've had like one, I've had one encounter with him in the last three years, um, so he's kind of uh, evaded me. So <laughs> I do think that I've kind of picked up on some stuff to yeah. make me more successful with him. And like I said, I could, I'm pretty sure I could have went in and killed him last season. Um, Because he was real visible towards the end of the season uh, in daylight. But, yeah, um, I don't have any – I'm not going to go out and say I'm going to go kill four 100-class bucks or five 100-inch deer in Florida this year or or anything crazy like that. I mean, I want to have a good time. I don't want to put that kind of pressure on myself. so. Uh, I, I hunt for a good time. I I do this podcast for a good time and to meet new people and to get information from the people that we have on the show, so I can learn more myself. Uh, and then if I have anything that people uh, can take away too, that's that's a bonus. So those are those are all my goals for uh, this season. Uh, what what are your goals, Walt?
1: Uh, well, I think mine are going to echo yours, and I think both of us are staying pretty true to to what we want out of the outdoors right like i think we we'd be setting ourselves up for failure to be like oh we want to go after you know nine pope and young deer or whatever it is you know whatever number i think that is just destined to change there's too many variables and so for me i can kind of see like three uh underlying goals and the first the first kind of goes across the the following two and that is uh, you you hit the nail on the head. A lot of people don't get the kill shot or that 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 those really intense moments right before the shot on film. And I think I'm going to commit this year to getting all of those on film. I it, it was it's kind of goes it kind of harkens back to why I film. I film because I want to relive those moments. And if first and foremost, obviously, other people enjoy it, and you know that makes me happy as well. But first and foremost. I film so that I can go back and relive those, those moments. And if I, if I leave that piece out, I'll always have a memory of it. Cause I was there obviously, but I feel like I will, as a creator, I, I feel like I'm always going to be like, dang it. I wish I had just gone ahead and tried, you know, like I, I think, I think it'd be more exciting for me to relive a moment of depression because I tried and I didn't get the shot. than, you know, reliving half of the story. I don't know. That's just kind of how I, I, I see it through. Um, and after being able to do that this summer, I want to be able to do that, you know, moving forward. Now, if it's storming, I'm not taking my camera. So, you know, those kind of things, I'm still going to hunt, but, um, uh, I think my first goal is just to, uh, connect as many times as, as the season allows with the camera and, and be happy with it. And then the second kind of comes to me as it comes to me being a hunter, right? My qual like my ability as an outdoorsman and, it's kind of twofold. One, I feel like I've got a really good grasp on a couple WMAs. I've put in several years there. I've had a lot of close encounters. Uh, some people have helped me along the way. And I feel like in the, in those WMAs, those are the places I expect to get on deer and I expect to do the majority of my harvesting from those from those spots. And this year, my my goal beyond that is to go up to Georgia, go a little further west, go a little further east of Tallahassee, And begin the process of understanding those other WMAs. Because I feel like one of the mistakes I made early last year was I tried to spread myself too thin. I was trying to get as much knowledge and get as many spots as humanly possible. And if you've been following the podcast for a while, you probably heard the dialogue change from, I'm trying to get as many, I think at one point I said I wanted like 50 spots. I want 50 spots that at any point in time I can get away from pressure. And as the season progressed, I ended up honing in on a couple core spots that were producing deer that I was getting on deer. And so this year I'm going to try and capitalize on those spots, but then add a couple more core spots on other pieces of property. And if I can continue to do that slowly over time, I'll eventually have a really good swath of hunting, you know, within a couple hours of my house. And at that point I've got, you know, maybe not 50 quality spots, but maybe I've got 20 to 25 quality spots that I feel more confident going in. Um, and a lot of that's coming through scouting. A lot of that's going to be coming through, uh, spending a small fortune on trail cameras and getting those out there and keeping them running. Um, but honestly, I just want to get out there and improve as an outdoorsman, improve as a cameraman, as a creator, tell the story of what I experienced to its fullest. And if I can do those things and, and, and kill a couple deer along the way, I'll be happy. I, but I'll be frank. If we want to talk about punch tags. I think, honestly, this year I'm probably going to punch two or three tags. Maybe they're does, maybe that's a combination, but I feel really confident, not cocky, but really confident in the amount of preparation and the time that I've put into these WMAs moving forward.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a—I think that's a solid goal or goals in general. There, There's no reason to add a bunch of extra pressure or make – uh, these goals that really may not be obtainable, <laughs> right? <laughs> like right. I like I said, I was like, "Well, I can go out and tell you, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna kill five 120 inch bucks this year." What, that's not really obtainable, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I don't right. know anybody that's done that. Uh, so yeah. for me to go say something <laughs> like that would just be dumb. Um, and like you mentioned, we're 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 not professionals. We're, we don't do this for a living. We do it because we like to do it, and we have fun doing it. So that, I think that's my, my number one goal always is to have fun and, and right. to keep it fun. Um, because it once it gets past that, then it be, becomes work and I don't want it to be work. I just want it to be a go out, have a good time and uh, just enjoy. I'll use it to get away from work, not to make exactly. it work. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. You know, it it's one of those things where I was watching, I was watching uh, some of my hunting videos from last year with a buddy of mine. And I realized I get amped over the smallest things. Like when I had that close encou- encounter with the bobcats, I was over the moon. When I had those turkeys come behind me on, on, on uh, you know, like 10, 15 you know, yards behind me through the trees and I'm on the ground and you can hear them clucking and purr and and, and 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 plucking. It was cool. You could hear them scratching the leaves. Like I was in nature and I was involved with it. When I killed that deer, obviously I was emotional. I mean, I, and I asked him, I said, dude, does it get annoying how like over the moon I get over the most stupid things? And he's like, actually, no, I saw. I kind of wish I could check out and, and just enjoy those small things. And I can, I'm i trying to stay true to that because I feel like that's, that's how I enjoy the outdoors It's just being out there and, and being immersed in something that's not a, a concrete jungle. And if I keep my goals that, and I work hard towards harvesting deer and I get lucky along the way. I think I'm just going to – that that's the recipe for you and I to just always uh, enjoy it and find the motivation when it gets exhausting because it does get exhausting.
2: Yeah, yeah. There are times where it kind of gets exhausting. I mean, I love hunting so much that I could do it every day. I mean, yeah. I'm one of those people. I mean, some people just like, I've got to take a break. I've got to take a break or whatever. To me, that's not – I don't have to take a break. Like, I literally could go every day of the season – uh, hunting. Um, and some people are like, man, that's crazy. How how can you do it? Don't you get bored? Or I was like, nah, it's, it's just, that's my fun. That's what I call fun. That's yeah. what, that's what I really like to go do. Um, and that's what I've I've told people. I was like, cause some people are like, oh yeah, what you going to do when you retire? You can't hunt and fish every day. I was like, no, I literally could hunt and fish <laughs> every day of the year, <laughs> one or the other. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, I, I, I look forward to the season. I, I'm going to, what, what I wanted to, or what I forgot to mention one thing was, is one of my goals is I've got s- some historical data on places. So I need to keep that in mind and use that historical data as far as maybe not jumping into areas too soon. Because right. I, I feel like I've done that before. Uh, even some last season where I kind of dove in a little bit too soon to some areas. I don't think it necessarily hurt me that bad, but I think that um, it might be better that I don't just jump into those areas. Maybe spend some time hunting area, some other areas like these management areas and stuff around here before I kind of dive into some, some of my really good areas. So that's something I'm going to work on this season.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, that historical data thing, that's something I want to do a podcast with you soon on um, because I I was sitting there this morning thinking about historical data, thinking about, you know, we always talk about this game of putting the puzzle pieces together and the puzzle pieces sometimes are data points. Sometimes they are trends that we identify, but I don't think we've ever done ourselves, you and I on how we put those data points together, how we uh, use that historical information or how we even gather it for that matter. So I think that's going to be a fun episode that you and I, I don't know, maybe, maybe here soon as we, we, you know, people are starting to think about deer seasons gone by and in anticipation of the one coming. And maybe we need to kind of show people, tell people how we go about collecting them, analyzing them, sifting through what isn't, you know, good information. Um, Right. I I think that'd be a fun dialogue.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it would be a, a fun dialogue. I was thinking about something uh, this morning. I went out and uh, was scouting WMA, and I was seeing some deer, and I was noticing that some of the fawns on this WMA had already lost their spots. Like, they oh, weren't wow. um, fawns that were a year and a half old or whatever. They looked like they were fawns from this past year, but they just they were had lost their spots. And I was thinking, I was like, man— So if they've lost their spots, it normally takes them about three months to lose their spots. So I was trying to like, and then a gestation period for a deer is about seven months. So go back 10 months from now and go, okay, well, that's obviously when the does over here were hot. You know what I mean? On this part of the WMA. And then I've seen on other parts of the WMA, maybe, I don't know, five miles down the road, because it's kind of broken up where the fawns still have spots. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's a little bit, uh those were bred a little bit later so i'm thinking i was like well okay well maybe i need to spend my time on this side during this because i know it's going to be hot around this time and then after that i need to focus on the other side because i have through trail camera data and driving around and stuff i figured out oh it's going to be hot over there maybe a month later right so just something to think about um for people and when they're scouting and looking at trail cam picks and stuff like that is don't always just quickly go through the, like the does and fawns and stuff. Cause you right. may pick up a little something from that.
1: Yeah. Well that, that's that's going to be, that, that would be a fun thing to, to, uh, to break apart. So let, let's, let's put a pin in that uh, component of this dialogue and send people on their way in anticipation of an episode where you and I break down how we uh, analyze trail camera—that's that, Maybe that's what it needs to be, is how we analyze the information we get from trail cameras, how we implement them, how we, we take that information, and is it useful, is it not, and then how we use it to uh, make predictions moving into our deer season. That sounds like it'd be fun.
2: Yeah, yeah, that would be a fun podcast. Yeah. But I think we'd be remiss before we go. Let's make a bold prediction for the other person. Not for each okay. other. I make a bold okay. prediction for cuz you already we already made a bold prediction for ourselves. For ourselves, yeah. Kind of. Yep. So, let's make a bold prediction for the other person. I last year I remember we made some bold predictions <laughs> and I said that you were going to tag out last you did. season. <laughs> But, I mean, it was a bold prediction. That's what bold predictions are. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. Things that could maybe happen, but probably won't happen. You know what I mean? Right, Uh, right. For for the most part. (laughs) But I'm going to go, my bold prediction for you this season is that you will tag four deer total. Wow. And then two of those will be bucks. So you're going to kill at least four deer. And two of which are Bucks this coming up season.
1: I'm okay with those odds. If if anybody with the power to make that happen is listening, please <laughs> That's that's you, Walter. Yeah, you yeah, you have the yeah. power to make that happen. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna go a similar route. You kinda took my idea a little bit actually <laughs> cuz originally i was going to say i would think you would kill four deer on camera two of which would be does for practice so right. i'm going to go i'm going to go a step beyond that i'm going to say bold prediction you kill four deer one in iowa three in florida and all of them will be on camera
2: okay that's that's my yeah, bold that's, prediction. That's that's a bold prediction for sure. For all of them to be on camera.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's not me pressuring you to do so. I just think that once you get in the in the process of doing it, I have a vote. I, it's a vote in favor of your abilities as a deer hunter. But also, I think that once you get going in that process, I think you're going to start really enjoying having the 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 video to look at afterwards, and it's just going to feed itself.
2: Right. Yeah. So. I, I'm still kind of on that. Verge because I'm like I'm not gonna nec- I'm not gonna pass up a shot at a huge deer to get it on yeah. camera you know what I mean <laughs> I have, yeah I say that but everyone who films after a while they're like if I can't get it on film I'm not gonna shoot yeah. it so I'm just like
1: oh, okay <laughs> oh man well and and you know I think. For me, that's why I said, so long as I can get it on film, right? Like, I'm not going to not go hunting because the weather's bad and I can't take my camera. And right. likewise, if a deer comes in and I've got enough shooting light to shoot it, but not enough for you to see it on camera, I'm still also shooting it. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, so, you know, under those two circumstances, I'm just get, if it's if it's good light and it's good conditions to take the camera, I'm going to tote it and try and get it on camera, so... Oh man, dude! Six weeks out by the time everybody's listening to this before the deer seasons begin, I I can't believe it's here. I feel like we say that every season, but it just I I feel like we just hung up our turkey gear, fished for a couple weeks, and suddenly we woke up and we're right on the the brink of deer season.
2: Yeah, we are, man. It, it's getting close. Uh, for Zone A, it starts this weekend.
1: That's right. So yeah.
2: the there will be some Florida boys and girls yeah. in the woods. Uh, this Good coming luck to up Mark weekend. And Danny. Yeah, so we want to wish luck to everybody down in Zone wow. A. So wow. send us your pictures. Tag us. That's That'd it. be awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who knows? You might find yourself on the podcast telling the story.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: All right, guys. Well, with that, I'm going to wrap this up. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who has been supporting the show lately. We have seen a record number. In fact, by the time you listen to this, July will probably have been uh, done and over with. And July was a record-breaking month for Chasing Tails. we, we sh- Our downloads shot through the roof, and it's evident that all of you guys have been sharing the word about Chasing Tails. And I just want to say thank you to all of you who have taken the time to do so and just ask you to continue to, to do that. We, we focus on the content, and we hope you guys will do the marketing for us and, and share the word, and it looks like you are. So huge thanks and shout-out to everybody who's been doing that. Shout-out to our Patreon subscribers. And until next time... Y'all get outside and enjoy the great outdoors.